Hey, agency owners, it's time for a new episode of the Agency Blueprint, the number one podcast for agency owners looking to discover strategies for scaling an agency to seven figures and beyond, while reducing stress and getting your personal life back. I'm your host, Robert Patton, international bestselling author, agency scale partner, and founder of Creative Agency Success. Before we get started today, I'd like to send you a copy of our brand new book, The Practical Agency, written specifically to help creative agency owners go beyond the creative side and build systems to simplify and quickly scale their agency to $100,000 a month. Go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash practical agency to claim your free copy. And now for the show. Agency owners, it is generally agreed that entrepreneurship is the engine that drives an economy upwards. Entrepreneurs create jobs, bring better and more affordable products and services to the marketplace. And as entrepreneurs, we usually look for tactics and move the needle. But one thing that we really don't look at often enough is how putting others' interests first and continually adding value to their lives ultimately leads to better returns and more success. I want to dig into that topic today with our guest, Bob Berg co-author of the international bestseller, The Go-Giver. Bob is a sought-after speaker at sales and leadership conferences. He shows that companies both large and small that conduct their businesses the Go-Giver way are not only of much greater value to their customers, they're also significantly more functional and profitable as well. Welcome to the Agency Blueprint Podcast, Bob. Thank you, Robert. Great to be with you. So would love to dig into the premise of the go-giver way, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about what that's about. Sure. It's simply that shifting your focus, and this is really where it all begins, shifting your focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others and understanding that doing so is not only a, a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it's actually the most financially profitable way as well. And not for any kind of, you know, way out there, woo-woo, magical, mystical type of reason. It actually makes very logical sense, very rational sense, because when you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and truly place it on serving others, discovering what they need, what they want, what they desire, when you can move your focus off yourself and onto helping to solve their challenges, when you can make it all about them and helping bring them closer to happiness, well, people feel good about you. People want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to do business with you. And they certainly want to tell others about you. I think that that's, you know, a, a phenomenal way of looking at the world. I mean, as you get to know your consumer and they're not so focused on you, it allows for you to really understand where they're coming from. And ultimately, when you're able to provide them with the most value, you build more loyalty, you have a longer relationships with your customer, and ultimately makes your business more profitable. I don't think enough people pay attention to value. So I know that in the book, you talk about the five laws. And would you mind sharing with me a little bit about what those five laws are? Sure. The five laws themselves are the laws of value, compensation, influence, authenticity, and receptivity. The first law, the law of value, is all about the experience that you're providing that other person. So aside from, from the intrinsic excellent value that you provide through your agency work, it's also you know, everything else that you put into making that experience just exquisite. So this, you know, there's, and there's many ways to communicate that additional value, but they tend to come down to, to five, what we call elements of value. 
And those are excellence, consistency, attention, empathy, and appreciation. And to the degree that you can really communicate those elements of value at every touch point from the moment you first meet that person, that first connection, whether it's through inbound or outbound, or you meet them in person, or you meet them, however, from that moment, through the relationship building process, through the follow-up and follow-through, through the sales process, the referral process, to the degree that you can that you can communicate those elements of value, that's really the degree that you take both your competition and price out of the issue. Mm -hmm. uh, because remember, you don't want to be the lowest price agency. If you sell on price, you're a commodity. Yep. If you sell on value, you're a resource. And that's what you want to be able to do. I, I mean, I think um, that you're... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, that's, that, that, that's basically the first law, the law of value. I think that that's such an important component, and I talk about that a ton on this podcast, is, you know, being so focused on making sure that you're being as valuable as you possibly can so that that price point really isn't the primary decision maker for your client so that you're able to offer a value-oriented price point, you're able to provide the maximum amount of value to your clients. And I, I'd, I'd like to dig a bit deeper into the value concept. I mean, I know that when it comes to value, many agency owners are concerned about the profitability of the business, right? So what are some tactics and things that can be done, can be done that's, you know, not overly expensive, but is creating that excellent experience for their customer, their client, while not significantly damaging the bottom line and being able to maximize the value that they're able to get. One of the aspects even of excellence is just, it's how you make that person feel at every touch point, do they come away feeling good about themselves? Do they, because if they do, they come away feeling good about you, right? Do you make their, you know, do you make everything better with everything that you touch? And that's very important. That has to do with how you answer the phone. It has to do with, do you make them feel welcome, you know, for calling or, or for seeing you, even when you are busy with five other things going on at the same time, they don't know that they only know that they're the most important thing in their life. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, when it, it's the way that you make sure to answer your text or answer your emails or return your calls on a timely basis. That doesn't mean you're jumping through hoops in an inappropriate way, but it means you're always making it so that this person knows they're on your mind and that you have their well-being at heart. It's how you respond to, you know, when you, when you first see them and, and, and they say, hello, you know, it's the difference between saying, Hey, how you doing? Which is a horrible way to say it. We say that in the States all the time and it's just an awful greeting or good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Mm -hmm. And there's a big difference, right? Mm -hmm. When you do that, it's when someone thanks you, do you say no problem, which is again, is just horrible. Do you say you're welcome, which is better? Or do you say my pleasure? And do you say it every single time? No exceptions, no excuses, right? Mm -hmm. It's really about how you make that other person feel. And when we can, when we understand that, it means we also make sure to take time when we answer an email or a text to make sure that what we're communicating is what we want them to feel. Right. So, you know, that goes and there's consistency. Well, you know, that's really a matter of just doing uh, of being excellent all the time, that, which doesn't mean mistakes don't happen, of course, but it means we own up to them. We make sure to to call it, uh, you know, be the ones to bring it up. We make sure to fix it. But basically, they know what they're getting every single time, day after day, week after week, month after month. When you combine excellence with consistency right there is tremendous value. 
-hmm. attention, attention to detail, attention to them as a human being. I always loved Harvey McKay's McKay 66 that he used to talk about. Uh, he introduced in his book back in the 90s, uh, how to sw in his book, How to sw or Swim with the Sharks Without Being Eaten Alive. And it was uh, it was a 66 different uh, questionnaire where you had to find out information about this person and very little of it had to do with their business. It was more about them as a human being, right? And it wasn't a matter that you were doing it to find out the information as much as being the kind of person who cared enough to find this information. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean going online, which we could do now and find out most of the these things. No, it's being the person who's genuinely interested in that other person as a human being. And they know this. So when they're deciding to do work with an agency, you know, it's not just some salesperson. It's not just some agency. It's a human being mm -hmm. that they're doing with one who they know, like and trust because they know, again, you have their well-being at heart. Empathy understanding that this person may be having some issues, maybe doesn't know what they think they should know, and they feel as though they don't necessarily want to ask because they don't want to look bad by asking. You know, we don't know how they're feeling, right? You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the definition of empathy is the identification with or vicarious experiencing of another person's feelings, but we're not them. We may mm -hmm. not know how, we probably don't know how they feel, but mm -hmm. we can understand that they're feeling something. Yep. And that this something is distressing to them. And we communicate not so much even by what we say, although that's important, but by how we show up for them. Mm -hmm. And we communicate that, they're, that we are there for them to help them through it. And then there's appreciation. Well, you know, when, when, when we appreciate the people we are working with or dealing with or the people we're getting to know, that comes through you know, that sense of gratitude. But it also means we verbalize it and it means we communicate it. We send handwritten thank you notes. We make sure to thank people for their time. We make sure to thank the, the administrative assistant for their time mm -hmm. and we include everybody and we make sure people, right? So when we do all those things, you know, none of those things cost money, okay? Oh. What they all cost is, is mental effort, emotional mm -hmm. effort. It mm -hmm. means we always have on top of mind that first and foremost, we're dealing with human beings who are feeling creatures, right? And mm -hmm. who, again, just want to feel good about themselves. You have said so many things that I want to dig deeper in, but I don't know that we have an hour and a half on this on the podcast. But there's, <laughs> the thing that I you know, talk about a lot is about making sure that we are acknowledging the emotion in someone else, right? And being a human first in the interactions that we have with people. It goes even back to, you know, Dale Carnegie and how to win friends and influence people. But when you take genuine Absolutely. interest in someone, they will reciprocate that too, right? They feel seen, they feel acknowledged, you actually show care, you, you are taking an interest in them and that creates a, a better rapport, a better relationship and ultimately a longer lasting one, right? And I think that in so many instances in the modern world, we try to remove that human element to the relationships that we have. And I just think that it's um, it's unfortunate that a lot of people well, try to do that. It's the most important part. It's the yeah. most important part. And it's always yeah. going to be, you know, and, and the, the more high tech we get, the more high touch we, mm -hmm. we need to be. You know, we, we often call those soft skills. There's nothing soft about them. Mm -hmm. These are some of the hardest skills to master, but when you can... When, you've, when you really mastered what I call genuine influence, which is the ability to get the results you want when dealing with others while helping them feel 
genuinely good about themselves, mm-hmm. you're really so far ahead of the game, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Dale, Dale Carnegie was certainly the best. That the book he wrote, you know, has withstood the test of time. Hasn't it? <laughs> yes, it for sure has. For sure has. I mean, I just think it's so it's so incredible the way that you know how, for for example, right, that we now have moved into text message and email communication, which you you were referencing. But I, I think that it's really important to even get back to the we have evolved biologically to speak in person to speak. Uh, audibly to people, right? We express so much emotion in our face yeah. and in our voice that gets missed in translation. And I think that we need to get back to actually having that that communication that allows for us to understand it. I mean, even just in like the simple way that someone says hello can tell you volumes about the emotional state that they're in. And if, you, if the communication is being had via text or email, you miss all of that information and you're not able to build that rapport. Sure. And that's why we've, by the way, got to make sure that when there, when it is a, a medium that we're, through which we're communicating that is not visual, we have got to make sure that what, that, that what we are texting, saying, tweeting, you know, whatever it happens to be, that, that it's, it's most likely to be understood in the way we meant it. And that's mm-hmm. hard. That's mm-hmm. hard because, again, as human beings, we all operate from our own set of beliefs. This is based on upbringing, environment, school, yep. and news media, television, right? We all the messages we get. But by the time we're, you know, a little more than toddlers, we're operating out of a out of a set of beliefs that's basically etched in stone. We grow up, we live our lives through a what I call an unconscious operating system, mm-hmm. thinking that we're acting out of choice and consciousness when really it's within a a matrix, if you will, that has mm-hmm. been, you know, pre-programmed. And, but here's the, here's the most insidious part. We tend to believe that other people understand the world basically the same way we do. <laughs> and it just isn't, isn't, isn't so. And they think the same of us, right? Of course. And so, you know, we can say, we can say a sentence, we can use a word or a phrase and, you know, we know what it means, but we get in trouble when we assume they understand it the same way we do. And it's the mm-hmm. same when they say something or write something to us. And we might take it, you know, we might be a little defensive or we might take, well, we don't know what they mean. Mm-hmm. So we've got to be able to gently, diplomatically, tactfully ask for clarification. And, and you know, as the communicator, the onus is on us to yep. make sure effective communication is actually happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I definitely have not figured out how to live a life through someone else's eyes. I've only been in this one body, you know, so I don't know how to see it through someone else's, but being able to be, you know, to slow things down and actually be physically present and mentally present and emotionally present for someone I think is really important. One of the other principles that you talk about in the book is influence. And so how does someone have the go-giver mentality and create influence both personally and in business? What is the methodology there? Well, so law number three, the law of influence says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, again, this does not mean in any way that you're a doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial. That's not what we're talking about at all. It is understanding, as Joe, the protege in the story, learned from several of the mentors that the golden rule of business, the golden rule of sales, is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. 
Mm-hmm. And there's no faster, more powerful, or more effective way to elicit those feelings toward you from another person than mm-hmm. by genuinely moving from that we were talking about earlier, that I focus or me focus to an other focus. In other words, as Sam, one of the mentors, advised Joe, making your win all about the other person's win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, again, it always, it, it kind of comes back to remembering that nobody's going to do business with you because you have a, a quota to meet or a goal to meet or because you need the money or because you'd really like this account or mm-hmm. even because you're a really nice person. Yep. They're going to do business with you only because they believe that they will be better off by doing so mm-hmm. than by not doing so. But this is good news, Robert. It's good news for that agency owner who truly, authentically wants to serve that other person, mm-hmm. right? And and be, that's the person who creates that benevolent context for, for success. It's why John David Mann, my, my excellent co-author of the series, why John and I say that money is simply an echo of value, mm-hmm. right? Money is, is an echo of of value. It's the thunder, if you will, to values lightning, which really means nothing more than that the focus must be on them. And the money you receive is a very natural result of the value you've provided. So if influence can be defined as the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a a specific goal, the way to best do that is to focus on them, not on Mm -hmm. on you. It goes back to what we were talking about, Dale Carnegie. What I believe was the foundational premise of his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, was where he wrote, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. And we forget that or ignore that at our peril. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I talk about this with clients all the time. It's the mindset of being transformational versus being transactional, that if you're looking at a relationship and trying to have a transaction, rather than actually trying to transform that person's life or trying to be thinking about them first, that it doesn't really work out appropriately for anyone. It's supposed to be a mutually beneficial relationship. And if you're not Mm -hmm. trying to add value and trying to add benefit to that other person, then it's going to be transactional. It's not going to be transformational. I'd like to... I'd like to dig into something a little bit. You're talking about like the concept of not being a doormat. And I talk about the idea behind boundaries all the time. And so what would you say are some like the misconceptions around being the go-giver and, you know, someone wanting to say, you know, no, that's not something I do or no, I do not want to do that while still being emotionally available and communicating appropriately and still having that good feeling for the receiver of that information. Yeah. Well, you know, so it's interesting that you bring that up because, uh, you know, that is a misconception. I think people see the title, the go-giver, and they believe that means, oh, you're just giving yourself away or you're just, you know, at everybody's back. Well, no, of course not. In fact, the the more you operate according to these laws and principles, the more successful you're going to be, which means the busier you're going to be, which means more and more people want your time. And you're just mm-hmm. not able to say yes to everybody and everything. You couldn't, mm-hmm. couldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. Now, the key, though, is that you've got to be able to say no, absolutely, right? But mm-hmm. you say it in a way that always honors the other person. And I, I can, if you'd like, I'll take you through, you know, an example if you'd like. Sure, that'd be great. Um, 
you know, and and let's say we'll we'll take kind of a non-business example, although this happens certainly in business, the more successful you get, that people ask you to serve on boards or they ask you to serve on committees, let's say. And it's something, let's say, you just don't want to do for whatever reason, okay? And unless someone's life is at stake, if you don't want to do it, you shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, and <laughs> and so, you know, people say, well, you know, there's there's the old saying, well, no is a complete sentence, right? That 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 came, that got to be a very big phrase to help people just say no to people. And I don't agree with that because it's not a very nice way of saying no. It's not very respectful. You're going to, you know, turn people off and, and, and close the door to doing anything with them. You know, plus it, it's incongruent with your values, with your value system of treating people with kindness and respect. So I, I don't agree with just saying no. And then there's the, you know, the advice, well, just tell them a little kind of fib. And, and so, well, I would, but I, I don't have the time right now. Mm-hmm. Now, the, a couple of challenges with that is one, you're really not being totally true to yourself because you know, it's not that you don't have the time. It's that you don't have the desire to do it. You, mm-hmm. you, you value not doing it more than you value doing it, which again is mm-hmm. okay. That, that's yep. totally fine. Mm-hmm. But when we fib to ourselves, we don't feel good about ourselves, but also here's the thing. Remember, this person is used to hearing that. So when they persuasively assure you that time will not be an issue, well, now you're stuck, right? Mm-hmm. Or if they say, well, that's fine. I'll come back to you in three months. We're going to be doing it again. Well, now you've just kicked the can down the road. So then you've got to eventually either admit that you were really fibbing, okay, which is going to kind of turn them off to you and you're not going to feel good. Or you end up to save face, you end up doing the thing you really don't want to do, which again, I don't think is beneficial either. So here's a phrase you can use. And if you just practice this a little tiny bit, you'll have it and it will save you so much anguish and time and and so forth. Again, the person asks you to serve on a committee and you simply say something like, thank you so much. While it's not something I'd like to do, please know how honored I am to be asked. You've honored them. You've treated them with kindness and respect. What you didn't do is you didn't give an excuse for them to hang on to, an objection to answer, if you will, and you just politely, gently let them know it's not something you you want to do. Now, if they, they come back and say, oh, but come on, we really could use it, blah, 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 whatever. You just, you, you wait, you don't interrupt. You have an air, air of peace. And when they finish, you, you, you just say, no, oh, again, I thank you. I'd rather not, but I do appreciate your asking. Boom. And you'll start to retrain people that when you say no, it's no. Now, just as a, a caveat here, there are times depending upon the situation and the relationship that you might need to explain why, you know, mm-hmm. now, why it isn't the time, but by and large, no, 99% of the time, no need to do that. You simply do it just exactly as we discussed mm-hmm. and it will set you free. There was something, there was a couple of things that I thought were quite interesting about that. One thing that I noticed that the way that you physically presented and the way that you expressed yourself when you were saying that is that you actually physically smiled yeah. while you were speaking Absolutely. and it actually changes Absolutely. the tone and the inflection yeah. by which you're mm-hmm. actually speaking to someone and recognizing right. that. And clearly you've definitely practiced that, that statement a couple of times, I could tell. I've had to say it just a few times, right? And it also actually it works in email too, and it works in, you know, whatever, but, but, and it works on the phone, it works wherever, but yes, obviously in person, you, you know, and, you say, and of course, if you're, when you're writing it or you're saying it and they can't see, you still smile because as you said, it does change the whole, the whole frame. 
It really does. The, the thing that I also found quite interesting and that I have one personally explored a bit, but there's this feeling inside of us as a human being that we feel like we need to rationalize what it is that we want rather than just owning what it is that we want and being okay with that. And mm -hmm. I think that one of the things that's really important just not leaving the door open to the other person, because I think that you're doing them a disservice by mm -hmm. t essentially leaving the door open to them and they're going to come back and spend more time trying to convince you or open the door exactly. again, when which I just think is unfair. Yeah. Bob, if one of the listeners would like to get in touch with you, if a listener would like to get in touch with you, how would they go about contacting you to learn a little bit more about yeah. what you do? Best way is just Berg, B-U-R-G dot com, and they can check out our, you know, any of the, the books in the Go-Giver series if they'd like. We also have a membership community called the Go-Giver, well, the Go-Giver membership community. We like to keep things simple. And mm -hmm. they can find that at the Go-Giver without the hyphen, the Go-Giver community dot com. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us on the show today, Bob. It was really insightful. My pleasure, Robert. Thanks for having me. Once again, thank you so much for carving out the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. Now, chances are, if you're an agency owner listening to this podcast right now, then you may be feeling like this. Because I was finding myself constantly overworked within our business, um, constantly like too busy with fulfillment or too busy with uh, customer service needs. So I didn't have the time to go think about how am I gonna close this person or what I'm gonna to say to this person or what am I gonna do with this or what's the next strategy I need to do. Now, of course, this podcast is here to help you with a lot of things, but at one episode per week, it's gonna take a while for us to share everything you need specifically for your situation. So if you're really serious about committing to fixing the problems in your agency now, so you can build a truly profitable business and get your life back, then I wanna invite you to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program. I'm not so stressed during calls thinking, oh my gosh, I got, I got to sell, I got to sell, I got to sell because if I don't sell, I don't make our I don't make our numbers, you know, and if I don't make our numbers, I can't pay our people. If I can't pay our people, then our business is down. This program is designed to help creative agency owners get to 1 million in revenue per year in 12 months or less. I char typically charge one client a $3,000, anywhere from 2,000 to 3,000. Now I'm uh, moving towards only 5,000 and up. And my latest client that I closed is a $10,000 client on a monthly retainer. We only accept about 20% of the agencies that apply to this program because we want to make sure that we only work with people who will commit the time, energy, and resources required to take what they learn in the program and use it to create an agency of their dreams. You've taught me and you've taught us how to build this within our company that if X happens, this happens, boom, 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 boom. Like it's so systematic that it's gonna work for itself. That has given me the sense of like, oh, I know what the heck I'm talking about. I know what I'm good at. I know that I can deliver upon what I wanna deliver. And it, yeah, I gained hell of a lot of confidence for sure. So if that's you, then I want to invite you to apply today. Just hit the link in the show notes to apply for the Agency Accelerator Program or go to creativeagencysuccess.com forward slash apply. Thanks, and I'll see you inside the program. Mm -hmm.